uh, so much joy. I think that is, um, you know, that is what keep me moving. It's just because people loving it. But it's not only people loving it, people appreciate it when I said it's authentic. If you think Ballarat in country Victoria and you think about a pie competition, what kind of pie do you reckon is going to win? Well, the pie that won was a Bubby Pongte pie from Lily Wright from Flying Chilies. The Bubby Pongte pie is a pork and fermented soybean pie, perhaps something a little bit different for regional Victoria. We are going to find out all about that and much more from Lily at, from Flying Chilies. Lily, welcome. Hi, Danny. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, so good to have you on the show and um, congratulations to everything that you've achieved so far with Flying Chilies. Tell us a bit about your business. So, um, yeah, um, thank you, by the way. Um, I started Flying Chili actually in 2022. Um, I think it was during COVID, I think by the end of the COVID, when um, I start the business by, you know, selling a frozen meal, um, chili oil, and also a sambal in the jar. And, uh, you know, when I was um, selling the, the product, it was um, at my um, place where I work. And, you know, it started, it started like people liking it and people enjoying it. So, and I start to stocking up to more shop around the town. Um, and then during, I think, in March 2022, um, local Barat Farmers Market was inviting me to attend the stall, um, like Farmers Market stall, during um, Beginner Festival. And um, I think that is when it all started. So, yeah, selling a food from my culture, which is um, half a different ethnicity, uh, such as, you know, um, our best sellers is always uh, Chakwitiao, Wanasi uh, Lamak, and we sell like a Mirabus, which is a noodle dishes, and also a Johor Laksa, which from my hometown. And yeah, so after the market, it was like people raving about it, people were talking about it, and then people saying, oh, they have a Malaysian food here in Balarat where, you know, the chef is Malaysian. So we sort of like, okay, it's a good feedback, and that is how it started actually. Yeah, so good. And Flying Chilies is now a cafe, bricks and mortar cafe, isn't it? Yes, correct. So um, we just opened the cafe actually last year in December. Wow. And what's it like having, you know, a place where people know they can come to get your food? Oh, it's feel amazing. I feel like when, when before we opened the cafe, we have a food truck, but um, when having that food truck for a year, feel like uh, it's not really working because we're still, you know, running a classes, uh, like a cooking classes everywhere and still doing the market. So, um, you know, we don't have that permanent spot where I can just do everything at once. Uh, and then, yeah, that, that's why I was like, okay, we really need to have a permanent spot. And now, you know, it's just such a good feeling when, you know, oh, everything is one place. So everyone can, you know, sit down and enjoy the meals. Yeah, it's just it's just amazing feeling. And we even like open the cafe. We just we're not spending so much money as as well because we sort of like we just use whatever we have. It's just the important part is just to have that permanent spot, and it's feel amazing. Oh, that's so great. Um, what have been some of the challenges about opening a cafe? Um, I can hear that you know there are some things that are 
a lot easier. I can imagine you're sort of able to, your head isn't running around town thinking about, you know, the market stall and the food truck and cooking classes all in different places. But what have been some of the challenges? So I think the first the first thing, like, um, I faced in the challenges when, you know, the first time I moved to Ballarat, which is in 2018, um, and it's sort of like a cultural differences and, you know, it's hard to find, you know, um, other people that from the same background, um, you know, of, you know, it, it's very lonely that uh, in the beginning it's very hard to get a friends. You don't know anybody. There is no family members. So I think that's the first thing that I feel like uh, this is going to be a very hard to living on. And the second thing, when, you know, when you already sort of settled down and then uh, you try to like, oh, it's very hard to find, you know, a Malaysian or Indonesian food that's serving authenticity in, in, in Ballarat. So it's sort of, okay, it's like a limited access to your ingredients as well. So um, we sort of like, we need to sourcing our ingredient, you know, from Springvale normally. And we, for that, we need to travel um, to get the ingredients. And also I feel like um, the market awareness, um, the first thing when I start the business is all about the educating the local community about, you know, Malaysian and Indonesian cuisine. Um, and it takes so much effort because people are not familiar with the meals. They're not familiar with the spiciness. They're not familiar with the ingredients. So it's all about um, educate them. Like um, we're not using you know, spicy chili. We're using a very mild chili that is not going to burn anybody. <laughs> so it's not, um, uh, yeah, lots of effort and very and also like a courage to you know deliver something different to the community yeah that's so interesting and it's interesting that you use that word courage because um am I right in thinking that the first place you sold your products was at a pot of courage a social enterprise that ran in Ballarat during COVID yes correct so that's my first uh a place to work actually because I sort of like when when I moved to Ballarat I start feeling like oh, okay what I'm gonna do in this town and I sort of like okay um, I think the idea is need to find somewhere where you know have a multicultural community and also probably serving community sort of like food and so I found and then I found a part of courage that time and looking for employees so I think I'm sort of like working with them in the right time uh, in the right place as well uh, I gained lots of, you know, experience and skills, you know, and it's just been amazing that time. And then definitely we died, you know, a part of courage. The flying chili, of course, it's not going to be here as well because it's sort of like uh, um, I learned so much from them. Yeah. Well, I remember um, the podcast we had in some kind of lockdown, I can't remember, but with Cherie Pilkinton, who founded A Pot of Courage in Ballarat. And I remember chatting to her. She was actually stuck in New Zealand. It was one of those times when you couldn't fly home. So her mother had died. She was in New Zealand. She was, it was a very emotional period for her, of course. And yeah, she was tapping tapping back into some of her Maori heritage, um, but also speaking to us about, you know, this community of um, migrant women 
women that she was fostering in Ballarat. So I'm sure she would be so proud of, um, well, and just, I guess, so grateful to have encountered you, Lily, and to have been a, a part of your journey to to other success. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I love Sherry. <laughs> I think as much as I feel like, uh, I think she giving me a lot of opportunity, um, not only to work at the cafe, but opportunity to meet other community leaders, you know, and lots of people in, you know, city of Ballarat and everyone that working um, in the councils that feel like knowing these people and getting that connection, I think with her, sort of like connecting that dot. And yeah, I've been very grateful. I feel like meeting her, it just, you know, it, it meant to be, I guess. <laughs> Great. So, Lily, in Malaysia, did you work in food or was it only once you came to Australia that you thought of that as a possible career for yourself? Yeah, so in Malaysia, working in uh, banking industry. So, um, yeah, so it's totally different. Um, my family always have a um, catering business and restaurant business back in Malaysia, but I never thinking myself to basically working into sort of that environment because I know how hard it's be, like uh, I had my mom and my dad working when I'm you know when I'm growing up because I'm like they, they will never want to do that <laughs> you, know, when, <laughs> you you move you move to Melbourne that time in 2014 and it's sort of like I'm still working in in uh, in banking industry that time but Along the side, when I moved to Ballarat, I just miss, I just miss so much because it's just hard. So you just end up need to cook yourself, and and you sort of like need to call your mom and getting all these right ingredients, and then you know the right cooking methods and everything. So it's sort of like that connect, connect me, connect me back to the to the roots. So and I was like, oh, maybe I just need to start this as business. Um, so that's that's how it started. Oh, that's a great story. And how are your parents coping with your move into the food business? <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, welcome to the club. I, said, I think that's what she, uh, she told me. Um, yeah, sort of like, I think my mom sort of very, like, guide me, you know, from far away because um, in every dishes that we do in flying chilies, is it's basically her recipe and then she basically teach me a lot how to you know cook all these food properly because um, as you probably lots of people know that Malaysian and Indonesian food method is always take a long time and then because they want to achieve a very you know um, very great like very unique flavors um, for that so I think yeah, she she's. I think she she be proud. She proud because she's like, oh, you can do it. And people will love it. And then she will say, like, oh, is it Australian people eating your food? That is bizarre. <laughs> so I was like, of course, you love my food because you teach me better. You know, teach me. Good. So yeah, I think uh, I can feel that she actually very proud. Um, you know, in Malaysia. Uh- that's so awesome. Um, so, Lily, you talked about some of these these conversations you need to have. You know, you're always explaining about these dishes, about the flavours, what people can expect. I mean, tell me about some of the joyful experiences you've had when people have tried it and loved it. Yeah, so uh, it's so much joy. I think that is, um, you know, that is what keep me moving. It's just because people loving it. But it's not only people loving it, people appreciate it 
when I said it's authentic, people understand is it's just it's different than you know than the others. So I think um, the first thing I feel like always you know you want to exchange this cultural to you know the local community. So of course you know it just sort of opened the door to the 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 Ballard community, sort of like understanding and sharing you know the passion of the food and i think as well I, i'm always talking about the community about the people because i love them so much so it's all about the community connection uh, i think a lot of people saying like you know using food will always connect people and because we're always talking about it we're always talking how to cook it how to achieve the flavors and stuff like that and also it's just i think the main thing was the impact and you know um by doing the market and the cooking classes, you know, uh, we bring to the um, opportunity for Barat to experience that and then to connect as well with other Malaysian and Indonesian people here in Balarat. Um, for example, like last year, we discovered actually Malaysian in Balarat Association where, you know, um, we probably have now about 31 family members that actually from Ballarat, uh, sorry, actually from Melbourne, sorry, actually from Malaysia that living in Ballarat. So, so people, by having this financially and people knowing that financially, you know, the owners from Malaysia and then people from Malaysia and Indonesia are getting, gathering together, you know, and then knowing, and this is the place where they can mingle uh, as a family and sharing the foods. So, uh, yeah. I love that. I just love hearing the way that food connects people. That's so beautiful. Um, and what about the pie competition and the Bubby Pong Te Pai? Like it's a pie, a pie competition is such an Aussie thing. Like was that a, a good way to reach out to people and, you know, encourage them to try some new flavours? Yeah, I've just, I'm really not expected to win, let alone to enter that competitions. So it's just very like, because you, uh, you're sort of a very connected with the local council and everything and everyone that working on that pie competition, you know, people that behind the scenes and then email me like, Lily, you want to enter this competition? It's like, yeah, why not? I do something, do you know? Uh, and yeah, I start doing it's like, oh, what flavor I want to be? Oh, I want to doing it. I want to show to people. So I was like, oh, maybe we start with the Babi Ponte pie and also the Mapo Tofu. And sort of like a random idea in my mind. Nothing, I didn't tasting it or whatever. So I'm like, I think, oh, the pork and the pie is going to be, you know, work perfectly together. So I so was like, okay, I'm going to enter two pie and we see how it goes. So, and then they have so many other, you know, uh, basically uh, a very experienced chef and you know restaurant and cafe that entered that competition so I never thinking myself to win this competition because I tell my husband like there's no way I'm going to win and compete with all these people so yeah I was just surprised that the Bobby Ponte sort of win uh, the judges heart as well and lots of people saying like what make it so special and I said oh, it's just pork fat make it <laughs> this good <laughs> <laughs> when in doubt it's the fat <laughs> um, so and you did a mapo tofu pie as well hey yeah yeah oh because I, I really 
I mean, I'm excited about both, but Mapo tofu is such a it's one of my all-time favorite dishes. Um, so I would love to try that as well. Um, there was a restaurant here called Superling in Carlton, which did a Mapo tofu jaffle. And um, I very happily burned my mouth on that a few times. So um, yeah, a Mapo tofu pie could be in my future as well. So what do you think people should know about being a migrant woman, running a food business in a regional town? What do you want people to know about your journey? I think um, being the migrant woman that, you know, have their own business, even the small or big business in in Ballarat or in any other town, I think it just, it's just hard work. And then especially it requires resilience and you know determinations because I think I, I face a lot of language barrier, you know, cultural differences, or basically overcome all these obstacles. And you know, it just it takes a lot of work. <laughs> and you know, um, also being a migrant woman is lots of building the connection within the rural community, and then you know, engaging with you know local farmer and local supplier your customer and you want to create sort of a sense of belonging into a small town you're living in yeah um you want to get connected with as many as people uh that you can as well um and it's sort of like giving me a lot of empowerment as well because running a food business is 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 already hard enough and then keep along to basically you know, to pursue your patient here as well, it takes a lot of courage. I will say that. <laughs> and yeah, I feel like a, I think being a migrant woman here as well, I've been as a role model to other people to, you know, you don't need to, you can start your own business or you can do anything that you, if you put your mind to it, you know, it's nothing is, everything is possible. That's, yeah, that's what I can say. Yeah, well, you're definitely proving that every day, but I, I hear you. It's definitely doesn't sound easy. Um, one of the things I love about Malaysia is that there are so many different food influences from, yeah, around, around the region. Tell us about some of the dishes from, I suppose, different cuisines or different heritages that you're showcasing at Flying Chilies. Yeah, so um, we, we sort of like... Um, showcasing a lot of different ethnicity um, for example like you know in Malaysia we have about 13 states um, and every each state have their unique and you know unique flavors unique dishes and same with the Indonesian flavor as well um, I can't remember how many states they have it but we have about 100 and 334 different ethnicity so it's sort of like just I just don't want to show a normal meal I just want to show a different type of meal that they probably never have it before for example like we always you know get used with curry laksan and everything so I uh, introduced them to a different type of laksa which is like a Sarawak laksa or Johor laksa which is a different state uh, in Malaysia and also a different type of food from Indonesian like uh, for example 
the nasi lewit and different types. So many, so many dishes. After like one, we're gonna show all the food, and that's why we wanna rotate the food as well to make sure that people can discover and they're enjoying it and then understand and yeah, learning and sharing as well. Mm, beautiful. Well, tell me the difference. I don't know what the difference is between a Sarawak laksa and a Johor laksa. So educate me, Lily. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Sarawak laksa. Um. So basically, curry normal nyonya curry laksa is more to the broth is more very creamy with a coconut meal with a lots of you know uh, a prawn shelf oil and all the spices. Sarawak laksa is more to in the middle, which is they are more creamy and also a sourness coming from the tamarind paste. Um. And then you use lots of uh, um chicken and prawn broth as well and uh, Johor laksa which is, is coming from my um, state we are living in so Johor laksa using um, using uh, spaghetti noodles and then the broth or this the gravy is using uh, mackerel fish with lots of other spices as well and it's still like a, for example, the sarawasa, we're not using curry leaf. Like the nyonya lasa, using lots of curry leaf into their broth. And we have like, we have Kelantan laksa, which is the gravy more to fish and coconut cream broth as well. And I think that's all that I can thinking at the moment. Uh, <laughs> well, Lily, we we we're gonna have to stop this interview because I'm drooling too much. I just <laughs> that just all sounds so delicious, absolutely beautiful. Um, yeah, and but it sounds like so much work because to create these soup bases from scratch, and yeah, I can see how much uh, love and care you put into all of them. Um, such a pleasure to chat to you today. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to say, Lily? I think, um, uh, oh, it is. It's like, thanks so much to, you know, listening to me. Uh, I think it's all about, you know, we we try to support each other, you know, and as a migrant-owned business, you know, we try to support, support as well other small business and advocating, you know, uh, providing resources and support other peoples. And we hope that um, by promoting the diversity and inclusion in the small town that, you know, we can bring more people together and, you know, make Ballarat as place to visit as well. So thank you so much. Mm, well, thank you so much for everything that you're doing. It's been an absolute pleasure to chat to you. I am absolutely starving now. So I'll, it'll be a while before I try one of your luxes, but um, I'll definitely yeah keep learning and enjoying about Malaysian and Indonesian food in the meantime. Thanks so much, Lily. Thanks, Danny. Take care. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you.